Hi, my name is Silas Collier. I'm 10 years old. Today I will be reading Psalm 73, 4-7. They have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as garnets. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. Hi, I'm Evan Collier, one of the associate pastors at Town Baptist Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to Listening Up, which is a podcast devotional designed to help our church family stay in the Word together. Thanks so much for Silas for reading the scripture in the opening. If you'd like to be one of those voices that does that, just send us an email and we will let you know how to do that. Today, Asaph explains why the prosperity of the wicked troubles him. He sees things and he has strong feelings about them. Basically, he thinks that more often than not, the wicked have it made. Now, the truth is, his envy may be distorting his view. Most of us can point to godless people who are anything but prosperous now because their bad decisions have caught up with them. For instance, we have read about a hedge fund manager who is serving a 150-year sentence because of his outrageous schemes. But the psalmist is seeing enough wicked prospering that that is almost all he can see. In his view, even one wicked person who is prospering is too many. The wicked shouldn't be enjoying life at all, he thinks. He is wrestling with something. The Bible is clear about the fate of the wicked, so we would think that they would get an early deposit on the wrath of God that they're storing up. We might be surprised that God allows them to have it so easy while they're here on earth. John Calvin suggested that God does this for our benefit that it might test our faith and make us accept the true picture, even if it doesn't look like they're under judgment. There were three things that bothered Asaph. First, it bothered him that the wicked had well-being right up until the end of life. Now, we don't often like to think about death, but if we're forced to think about what kind of death we would like to die, we would probably say something like, quick and painless. The psalmist has watched godly people die prolonged deaths, and the wicked died peacefully in their sleep. Even up to the point of their death, they are fat and sleek, like a well-fed cat. In other words, they didn't waste away from sickness, they just die. Which most of us would say is a best-case scenario if you have to die. Another thing that troubles the psalmist is their reactions to their well-being. They aren't troubled like everyone else. It's like they got a get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to trouble. How do they respond to this? Not modesty and humility. No, they wear their pride like a necklace. They display it so everyone can see. They may say things like, yes, luck has been very good to me, or life has been good to me, or yeah, I'm living a charmed life. And apparently, they've gotten ahead on the backs of others. Their words and actions result in violence and oppression. You couldn't tell that by looking at them. If you look at them, their way of operating, they think, makes them look stately and honorable. When I read that, I couldn't help but think of the Godfather, who valued respect above all else. And how did he get that respect? By violence and the threat of it. Finally, the psalmist is troubled by their luxury. He speaks of their eyes swelling in fatness and hearts being full of getting whatever they can imagine. Now, to our ears, eyes bulging with fatness doesn't sound very attractive. But trust me, 
In an agrarian culture where the main concern is getting enough to eat, being fat was very attractive. Cultures have different ideas of beauty. Since we are in a society that has plenty and are often very health conscious, our picture may be reversed. Fatness isn't prized, but maybe being sculpted, toned, and tanned is. The rich have the leisure that comes from outsourcing the mundane so that they can take time to take care of themselves. They have resources for expensive skin care regimens, corrective surgery, personal chefs, trainers, etc., etc. Now please understand that I'm not condemning you if you're health conscious and work hard at being healthy and in shape. This is good, just not ultimate. When it says that their hearts overflow with follies, it really means, if you can imagine it, it's yours, whatever your heart desires. When something catches their attention, they manufacture endless waves of spending money on it. Two points of application for us. First, don't mistake well-being and prosperity for God's blessing and envy it. It may very well be the opposite. It may be judgment is being delayed. And conversely, don't mistake want and lack as a sign of God's displeasure. And second, don't adopt the values of our culture. Living in a prosperous culture can be very dangerous to the soul when we allow our values to be shaped by its values. We can very easily seek having it made instead of going to the house of God and having our values shaped there. Let's read this passage again. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness, and their hearts overflow with follies. I want to thank you again for tuning in to Listening Up. There's a lot going on at Ogletown nowadays, and you can see it all at ogletown.org regathering. Until next time, let's keep setting our minds on things above.